0: The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now. Visit winbet.com, W-Y-N-N bet.com, and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by PrizePix. PrizePix is DFS Simplified. Head over to prizepix.com, use the promo code SGP, get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's better, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com SGPN. And we're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Sign up and bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you in part by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download that app today or just head to That's bettorfantasy.com/sgpn. That's b e t t o r fantasy.com/sgpn. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Hello there and welcome into a special Turkey Day weekend edition of our little boxing show and podcast. We love to delve into the sweet science after we have delved into the Thanksgiving and all of the sides and all of the desserts and now all of the leftovers as we head into the weekend. I am merely the somewhat capable host of the program. He is the senior writer of BigFightWeekend.com, Mr. Marquise Johns, who is in freezing cold Denver while I am here on what was a glorious Thanksgiving day yesterday of 79 degrees in the Tampa Bay area? Did you even reach the uh, the freezing level in Denver? I keep belaboring this point with you, my friend, as you've moved to the Mile High City just in time for
1: winter. How are you, weak sauce? Pretty good, TJ. Winter is came and it is here and it was sunny today, TJ, but it was backed behind uh, 33 degrees behind it. So uh, man, it'll it'll get 79 probably by March again. It'll be maybe
0: Maybe. April. I I, I saw something, though. I think you and I were talking about this because you made a quick cameo on the three dog Thursday uh, podcast trying to talk me out of taking the Denver Broncos at home with the L.A. Chargers that it's actually going to be in the 60s. Maybe in yes. Denver
1: this weekend? That's yeah. balmy. That's like summer. No, it's not bad, but it's gonna be windy. so it's gonna be it's gonna feel like about, about mid 50 ish, actually. No, it's it's All gonna right. be interesting. Isn't not it yeah, it's not the worst.
0: Not the uh okay, so so enough about the meteorology. Uh, here we got plenty to get to on the program reminder however you found us uh, we're ready to talk some fights we're, and we've got some uh, world championship lightweight fight uh, in New York City with Teofimo Lopez finally that fight's happening and then what should be a very entertaining uh, unified super bantamweight title world championship fight Brandon Figueroa Stephen Fulton on Showtime as the main event in Las Vegas 122 pounders we're looking forward to previewing both of those with fight picks, et cetera, as the podcast goes on. Reminder right away, however you found us, social media link, sports gambling podcast network of shows, the SGPN app, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, whatever. Make sure that you're following or, or subscribing to us Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, search Big Fight Weekend. Obviously, if you read the website, BigFightWeekend.com, we link to everything we're doing on the podcast every weekend. We are typically out as we are today on Friday. We release the podcast in the preview mode, usually midday Eastern time on Friday. Stays relevant all the way through the Saturday night fights. Give you great insight and even some gambling advice. Week Sauce is uh, right now uh, chomping at the bit to go over some of these because these are good uh, fight odds, too, for some of these bouts this weekend and some picks that we're going to make. Uh, so stand by for that with the fight predictions a little bit later on news of the week and a recap of Terrence Crawford's 11th round TK or 10th round, excuse me, TKO win over Sean Porter to retain his WBO, lightweight championship convincing win for Crawford can't say that it was unexpected. You and I were talking that we both believed he would win. Porter definitely gave him a good challenge. In the end, Crawford gets the stoppage to retain the title, remain undefeated, keep all of his options open. So Marquise, kick us off here. Your thoughts on what we saw last weekend, top-ranked main event in Las
1: Vegas. Was an actual really good fight for the main event last Saturday, TJ. The one thing that I liked more about anything else about what Terrence Crawford did in that fight was the fact that, he, as usual, he closed out the show. And that was the one thing that we talked about last week that he was going to do. And he did pretty much, actually, TJ, verbatim what he did in that fight pretty much on the show, which I thought was really interesting in on our part here. And also, just the, the fight was actually, was actually one that we can say with Crawford now is that he actually fought someone at 147 that we can actually say has a name, has an actual decent resume, and actually prove that he's actually bet on, on the same level as these guys. He's not facing the Mean Machines or the Kavaloskis of the world or the One-Eyed kill Brooks. He, these, this is an actual uh, competition, an actual fight that actually proved that Crawford does deserve to be at welterweight.
0: And cr- cr- to his credit, po- Porter fought well. Through the first six rounds of the fight, had an excellent plan. You could see tactically uh, that he was using the straight right hand against the southpaw stance. He was using a quick right hand to to back Crawford up some of the time he changed up the pace. I thought Timothy Bradley was pointing this out as the analyst on the ESPN top rank coverage that he was, he was changing the pace from, okay, I'm going to lay back a little bit kind of on the ropes or in the corner and let Crawford be the attacker if he wants to attack. But then I'll spend another minute or so of a round where I'm the aggressor. I'm chasing him. I'm coming at him. I'm using the jab. I thought he was doing a really solid job and winning the fight. I I thought he had won either four of the first six or five of the first six rounds because Crawford was not busy enough, not effective enough. All right, from there, the fight changed kind of along the lines of what you're saying tactically, and eventually Crawford wore him down. What were you sensing as that bout went on? Because, again, from my standpoint – He was having some issues with Sean Porter, who was putting on quite a show until it flipped around. How and why did it flip around?
1: I think, TJ, what happened when it flipped around more than anything else was the fact that Sean, at at the end of the day, just didn't have enough pop to keep Terrence Crawford from not coming in from at the end of the day. And that's pretty much what happened and why Terrence Crawford did wear him down. And the one thing I thought was really interesting also in that fight, TJ, as well, too, especially around the middle rounds, I want to say around the seventh or eighth round, you you can see where – Porter was still doing the same exact motion where he was still keeping you know Crawford at bay pretty much because he was still pushing him he was still pressing the issue during this entire fight which I thought was very interesting as well it's something that we haven't seen from a lot of fights with Crawford where we haven't seen guys actually push Crawford from the beginning to the end of these fights we'll see the mm-hmm. very beginning and then we see Crawford you know flip the switch and then kill kill any any momentum that these guys have Crawford took a lot longer to do, to do that in this fight than any of these other life fights combined, which I thought was really interesting too. Part of that may have been the fact that he's getting older at this point. TJ, his defense wasn't as slick as we are used to seeing from Crawford as well. TJ, which I thought was really interesting too, which everyone was was pointing out also well bleeding into this fight as well, which really played out. It's it's going to be really interesting. TJ, the next fight he has at Walter, White, if it has be anyone along the names of we. we they keep saying Spence, it's not going to happen, but they say like someone like the Keith Furman out of the woodworks who is able to keep up speed-wise with Crawford. We'll see how that look, what plays out later on.
0: So let's get to the ending, and then we'll get to the speculative stuff on what happens next with Terrence Crawford. The fight ends in the 10th round with a couple of knockdowns. At first, it was a solid left that dropped Porter onto the seat of his pants. Didn't devastate him, didn't knock him flat on his back, but definitely knocked him down. At that point, it's a close fight. That's a deciding moment, and I thought this was very relevant for what happened next, which is he caught him with a couple of good punches, including an overhand right. Porter kind of crotched down. Uh, low, like knee level low, trying to miss a punch and got caught with the right hand. Then a little bit off balance, maybe equilibrium off a little bit. He got he got hit with a grazing left. After that, down again on the seat of his pants. And really, I thought there was anger. I mean, obviously anger from from. Uh, uh, Sean Porter more so than being hurt. He's slamming his right glove repeatedly onto the mat. Very unusual to see that of, I am ticked off here that I just got knocked down again in a close fight, and I'm basically handing Terrence Crawford a 10-7 round, if not the decision. And then lo and behold, Porter's dad, his trainer for his entire career, Kenny Porter, interjects himself into the storyline and is on the apron waving the fight off After the referee, Celicino Ruiz, had clearly said to Porter, do you want to continue? He's coherent. He said yes. I mean, uh, Marquise, pick it up there. It was a crazy end to a very competitive fight.
1: Absolutely, TJ, and also a really strange one also, considering the fact that, and I I will give uh, Celestino Luis credit for once, TJ, going into this fight, I thought he was going to be absolutely atrocious. He wasn't completely horrible in this fight, and and more importantly, he was not heard from, which was, was, was always a good thing in these championship fights. But no, the one thing what... With the the end way that the fight ended, TJ, and it and it kind of precedented something that uh, ESPN and Top Rank, with the leading up to it on the be a pay per view, leading up to, it, uh, looked into where they mentioned how Kenny Porter was pretty much essentially the right hand person with Sean in his life, up and down, left and right. And pretty much how so so much so is that I think they're like they they mentioned on the broadcast, like, you know, like the report they're doing, like their next door neighbors, essentially, where they live, like like, across the street from each other. So Kenny Porter here made pretty much as as we like to call it, TJ, a business decision, which is what it looked like at the end of the day, because Sean Porter looked. As you mentioned, he looked fine. He was just frustrated because he got caught with, a, with, a, with a, a pretty much a punch that he pretty much realistically probably shouldn't been hit with. That's why he was angry on the floor doing the 10 count, you know, pounding the, paper, pounding the canvas. And then you see Kenny Porter just come out of nowhere, and just stop the fight. It was really bizarre. I, I got to admit, TJ, it, it, if you didn't know any better, it looked kind of fishy.
0: <laughs> yes, it looks suspicious. <laughs> Um, it's, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, okay. So let's, let's give some insight from this regard. T.C. Martin's a great resource to us. He knows the porters really well, knows the whole situation. T.C.'s immediate reaction was not surprised, not surprised. This has been the case with his father interjecting himself into his fights and into his career the entire time, Mm -hmm. not surprised in that regard. Uh, but uh, I mean, at, at this point in time, Uh, This is another important point. The referee doesn't have to listen to Kenny Porter, especially if he deems the fighters not hurt and the fighter wants to continue. He could say in that moment, and there are some that have the fights going on. I am in charge here. Get back down off the ring apron. He's fine. He wants to fight. We're fighting because I am the ultimate arbiter of this uh, in looking at him. If he's not concussed, if he's not wobbling around. So that didn't happen. That was a bit uh, interesting, um and again uh so much of it was just like at the end of the Errol Spence loss where Spence scored a late knockdown like in the ninth round and it was a really uh close fight probably a one or two point fight and that 10-8 round was a difference that's what I sensed watching Porter that he knew Marquise my chance to win a decision is gone now everything that I had worked for and train for is gone so the father kenny porter makes reference immediately after the fight in the ring on the why did you stop the fight Uh, because he didn't take his training seriously enough what because he was fighting with a blindfold on what was kenny porter watching the first six rounds while sean porter was getting in and out and not getting hit and scoring and winning
1: that that was a bizarre interview your thoughts please here on the pod yeah, TJ, no. Kenny Porter's post fight was really interesting in the fact that he stopped the fight essentially at the behest of him stopping one side fight to either teach a lesson to Sean Porter or make an example out of him, which is which would be great, TJ. And in, 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 at the end of the day, if Sean Porter was he known as like first, like, you know, third or, you know, fifth fight here, this is his right. last career fight and this is the yeah. end of it at the end of the day. And that's where it's kind of bizarre. And really, TJ doesn't. Doesn't really add up, and the one thing that leaked about all of this on Friday, and I will give Kenny Porter credit for this because he did say one thing on Friday uh, after the way in which leaked out. To I think Bad Left took made note of this. He said something to uh, during uh, these media sessions where he didn't like the way Sean was training in training camp, and it's the one few things T.J. I've been harping ever since I've been on this podcast with you how they always say at training camp, "Hey, training camp was great. You of can course. pretty much you can set your clock to it." Uh, this is the one of the few times where he said it didn't, and uh, Apparently, this is the reason why, and apparently, he didn't like what he said.
0: According to him, because Porter kept saying, I'm in great shape. He looked in great shape, he wasn't winded, he wasn't wobbled. I thought he had a good plan. Um, my understanding again, not just from TC, but I heard a couple of other people bringing this up Kenny Porter wasn't happy that he was doing the broadcasting for the Olympics during the training camp was also doing the wilder fury uh, coverage for PBC in the pay-per-view that maybe that was a bit distracting during his camp. He wasn't as focused uh, again, ultimately here, if the fighter is not in serious jeopardy, it's his choice as to whether he wants to go on or not here. And so we're talking a lot about this because Sean Porter said about an hour, hour and a half after the fight at the press conference, the post-fight press conference, that's it. I'm retiring. And he had made up his his mind, basically, that even if I won this, uh, there was not a rematch clause, I was still going to hang him up. Now, I don't know that I believe that, especially if there was going to be an Errol Spence rematch down the road that maybe pl- paid Sean Porter. I, and I don't know what he got, Marquise, for this fight. My speculation would be that Terrence Crawford probably made in the neighborhood of $5 million maybe $7 million. Sean Porter probably made in the neighborhood of two, 3 million, maybe $4 million. Uh, Certainly the pay-per-view numbers from what we've been told piecemeal from some of those reporting were awful. So it's not as if these guys reaped an extra couple of million each from a pay-per-view that didn't exist. But still, if Sean Porter was to go as a champ on an upset of Terrence Crawford to the negotiating table for an Errol Spence fight and a rematch, he's making easily five, six, seven million dollars for that. And that would be tough to turn down uh, to, to ice the rest of your career. Okay, so again, I've said a lot there, but he's now hung him up. Do you
1: believe he's done once and for all? At this point, TJ, only because I don't think would PBC. And the one thing I will give Sean credit for was he mentioned that the post-fight as well. He didn't want to become a gatekeeper, or as there was was labeling him as, or he didn't want to be the guy that you know that that fighters, up-and-coming fighters, you know, have to beat the guy to become that guy. He didn't, Sean didn't want to be that guy, and he pretty much, if it wasn't for a title or a big money fight, he wanted that. He wanted out, and pretty much. This was it. So I, I can see why he did out of this. And, you know, and TJ, the, the, the Crawford pay-per-view numbers are, as usual, not very good. And I thought was interesting as well, TJ, that uh, there's a story that Crawford uh, mentioned on Sean's podcast about, you know, how he his friends couldn't, figure out how to use the espn plus where they couldn't find the app not all the ever usual excuses i'm i'm (laughs) i'm guessing i'm guessing terrence crawford's friends are not being real with him or haven't told him about how they found the the fight off the internet like everybody else but he that's neither here nor there for another day but i I just really thought
0: let's lay out what the realities are he he fought on regular espn against Brook a year ago has not fought since they tried him on the pay per view arm against what Amir Khan, and, and I don't think yes. the Kavalaskis fight was on pay per view. No, that this was not. Yeah, this is once in final confirmation. He has not been a pay per view commodity, Terrence Crawford, for two plus years. So it's not surprising that the buying public went eh on paying for the pay per view. Common sense.
1: Yeah, that TJ, actually you can go back with as long as Terrence Crawford's been with top rank at this point with this whole pay-per-view thing. That's going back as far back as the old HBO sports days and not having great numbers when Crawford was that junior welterweight as well. I, that, that, that long line of history goes forever with yeah. no one paying for Crawford fights. But I, I just really thought it was really interesting that Sean hung it up afterwards because I really thought at the end of the day, TJ, I don't believe that. I'm with you on this. If Sean was was victorious here and he had a build in his hand, he was probably going to try to unify with Spencer Ugas one way or another on the PBC. Side of the story. There's no way around that. I don't. I don't believe any of this. <laughs> uh, and we'll get to that again in just a second about what's going to happen next
0: with Terrence Crawford. I did think there was one humorous moment. Uh, I mean, Terrence Crawford has had to eat a lot of humble pie. Has had to uh, really put his ego in check and take some blows to his ego over the course of the last couple of years because Bob Arum was not able to make the mega fight for him. He was not able to get a big time opponent to fight him. Can't, can't draw on pay-per-view. These are real reality checks. But how about him standing in the ring, and he says to the crowd, because he's on the PA mic on the ESPN interview with Bernardo Ozuna right after the fight, uh, who do you guys think is the number one guy at welterweight? And nobody's yelling for him, not even his <laughs> Omaha people. And he goes, he's something to the effect of, oh, I see. I see. I got to keep proving it, or something like. I'm like, oh, man, man. Dave, you need one more reality check of what the buying public in the arena thought of you. For those that did pay and weren't comped in Vegas, um, there you go. Uh, so now that leads us into Marquise Johns on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. What do you think happens next? Does he make another defense at 147? It is clear because after the fight, and this had been coming, I mean, the divorce had been coming between he and top rank. Bob Arum made no bones about this a year ago. I have been losing millions with this guy because we can't do pay-per-views because nobody buys them. Uh, he also had to pay him a million-dollar bonus, by the way, last December 31st because he had until December 31st to make a fight with Errol Spence, or he built in, Bob Aram his own bonus. I'll give you a million dollars, Terrence Crawford, to him an extra million. All right, so... the the divorce proceedings were imminent it's now happened crawford confirmed that after the fight that he's now going to be a free agent he's not going to fight for top rank exclusively anymore he's going to make his own deal blah 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 what do you believe will happen now does he stay at 147 does he try to go do a deal and move up at one at 154 and and do a deal with premier boxing champions to fight the winner of charlo castanio that we're talking about coming up speculate what do you think
1: I think, TJ, at this point, I think uh, our prophecy of when we had uh, Abe Gonzalez on the podcast with us a while back saying he's moving up at 154 comes true. And I do think Crawford does move up at this point. The challenge for a uh, Charlo winner at 154 with the, with the mandatory calls with the WBO belt going on there. Only because at this point, TJ, at 147, what's left for him? If, he, if he's not with PBC... And I and I'm I'm still in the camp, TJ. Even if Crawford is with PBC, what fight are they going to make for him initially? It's not going to be one of these top fights off top, which Crawford wants. It's going to be right. one of these, these second tier fights. They're not just going to give him like a. That's one thing I I always find was kind of disingenuous with all of this, where it's like, oh well, uh, Keith Thurman's next. Is Keith Thurman really next, TJ? Let's be honest. TJ. Keith Thurman and we and look, we are. A we're Tampa we're guys. Tams. Yep. We're
0: Tampa we're, Bay guys. We're, we're close displaced to Tampa. You're a displaced Tampa Bay guy now in Denver, but you're still a Tampa Bay guy in name. Keith Thurman hasn't fought in two and a half years. He yeah. has no relevance at this point. Keith yeah. can give all the interviews he wants. He has no relevance because he hasn't fought. And so. That I mean, he's not going to get a mega fight, or he would have gotten it by now. By now, yeah, he's gonna have to fight somebody somewhere else, and and the buying public isn't gonna care about a Terence Crawford Keith Thurman fight because Keith Thurman hasn't fought anybody. So that yeah. I'm with you. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, it doesn't look like that he's gonna get the shot at Errol Spence. Uh, even if you were to do a deal with uh, PBC, so I may be, uh, I may be in the camp. Abe may have called it it's as much as what five, six months ago or more with us. Yeah. Over the summer, he called it that Terrence Crawford's going to move up uh, to to 154 pounds. But isn't he have to? Isn't he going to have to do a deal with Premier Boxing Champions uh, to even get the chance at Jermel Charlo if Jermel Charlo's undisputed, or to get the chance at Brian Castanio if Castanio upsets him in the rematch?
1: Yeah, that's the only way, TJ, he's going to get any of these championship fights if he does move up. Only because at the end of the day, if, if even if Terrence Crawford once again signs with PBC, are you just going to just give him Castanio or Charlo off the top? Uh, probably not. They're probably going to have him get someone like a Tony Harrison or a, a hmm. J. Rock Williams, you know, something along those lines. Like that That's just the way this works in the business of boxing. I'm surprised folks haven't figured this out yet. But, no, it, it's fun with, with a lot of that with Crawford, though. I do wonder where he's going to go, only because I'm really intrigued – if he if and when he moves up because at this point TJ I am convinced and that's why I think he really is leaving top rank because Bob was saying his next big fight was going to be Josh Taylor Josh Taylor honestly TJ is a year and a half out facing this guy that's a long time from now and they don't have anybody else for him to face at this point and pop whatever whatever the semantics have been TJ one way or another PBC or whoever who is dealing with top rank or Bob Aram has made it well known if it involves Terrence Crawford we're not dealing with it and that's been wow. well known at this point so well
0: and, and the this is uh, something that you tweeted about, if not included in one of your articles in the preview buildup, Terrence Crawford had an opportunity in 2018 to walk away from top rank and do a deal with premier boxing champions. And he would have long ago from now already had a fight with Errol Spence, Manny Pacquiao, Sean Porter, uh, Keith Ugas, Thurman, two, Ugas, two Danny years ago. Garcia. Yeah, he would long have long had long. one of those, maybe two of those types of fights a couple of years ago. He chose to stay with top rank. Now, some of that may have been loyalty, whatever. Uh, he chose to listen to Bob Arum telling him, and we're kind of digressing on the podcast, but this is good inside baseball, even though it's boxing. Yes. All right. He chose to stay with Bob Arum telling him, I can do a deal. I can do a deal. With, do you want to do the impersonation without him? But Haynes? I can get you to
1: Spence fight. Just okay. resign right. with us. Right.
0: Okay. Good impersonation. I give you a nine and a half on Thanksgiving weekend on that impersonation. <laughs> Thank you uh, for that when the reality is Bob Arum was suing Al Heyman and PBC and trying to put him out of <laughs> business back six years ago, and Al Heyman has made it clear for years, I'm not doing business with Bob Arum in top rank, and I will freeze out any fighter that I can that's with Bob Arum and top rank, save for the whole Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder uh, situation. And even that situation was because Wilder wanted the rematch, more yeah. so than, than probably Heyman even did. And Heyman realized there's real dollar signs here in the rematch in the second fight. So we'll do a deal if that's the case. But so the point is Crawford had a chance three years ago to be in the PBC stable and already have these bigger fights and chose not to do it. So the reality is he has no one to blame, but himself that he re up took the money, listened to Bob Arum when Aram had been feuding well in advance with PBC and Heyman has made it clear publicly and privately everywhere. I'm not doing business with these guys. And if you're with them, I'm freezing you out. You're dead to me. So there's where we are. So now I believe ultimately Terrence Crawford will come around and probably do like a two fight deal. Not unlike what Manny Pacquiao did. And there's a couple of others that have probably done something similar canelo, canelo alvarez got a one-off i don't i don't think pbc will do a one-off because terrence crawford's not canelo alvarez in terms no. of pay-per-view buys but i think he might do a two-fight deal with him and maybe he makes a title defense against someone as as wbo champ and then gets the winner of charlo and castaniel because he moves up and would become the number one contender at 154 are you buying what i'm selling right there 2 fight deal with pbc for bud crawford
1: I am buying the fact that, uh, TJ, that Bud is probably going with PBC. I'm more concerned at this point of which arm of PBC will it be and if PBC can afford it. Because the one thing I will well, I'll throw in as a caveat, TJ, as you well know, is uh, anyone during this pandemic who's been watching these PBC on Fox cards can tell you that these cards have been absolutely atrocious and probably at best the, the classic definition, TJ, of a bare minimum televised boxing card. That's been right. like that for a while. And uh, the, 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 we'll, we'll find out next year in 2022 if Fox really is putting any actual coin uh, into boxing next year. So far, leading off the my birthday, New Year's Day, with a pay-per-view behind a paywall doesn't look promising. But (laughs) we'll we'll see what happens with that. But the one thing I'll mention as well, TJ, is that in the event that Fox doesn't do it with with Bud Crawford, more than likely, Showtime will. And I'm more intrigued with that. And that's why I think the weight class move up happens more more often than not. Because if anything... Can I throw this one out?
0: Can I throw this one out? Showtime does a deal as a one-off. Terrence Crawford Jerron Ennis I suggested this before mm-hmm. I see you nodding because I can see you while we're doing the interview what if Steven Espinoza and Showtime stepped in it's not a premier boxing champions event but it's a Showtime event and they've been doing some of this with non-PBC fights what do you think
1: that's a solid fight, TJ, and that's one of those fights also where I think with Showtime giving their their budget situation, hopefully, they wouldn't put that fight behind a paywall. Granted, well, On they, a pay-per-view. Been, right. On a pay-per-view. Granted, I say that with, 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 with a smile on my face only because they put about 50 ever fights behind pay-per-view this year, but I think this would be the one they would put on regular Showtime for all of us to watch. <laughs>
0: They did score recently, though, with the Canelo pay-per-view because apparently it got around 800, 800,000 buys. Mm. In perspective, Crawford Porter apparently did fewer than 200,000, and there are some saying it did far less than that on ESPN+. Plus. Good luck. And there is a Showtime card coming, and I promise we're yes. talking about it shortly uh, with Brandon Figueroa, Stephen Fulton. That's not a pay-per-view. It's on Showtime coming this weekend. And then Showtime does have a pay-per-view with Gervonta Davis, uh next week coming for december 5th mm-hmm. but that, that's a very interesting one if jaron ennis could be made because ennis has fought on showtime he's not a pbc signee he's not a pbc fighter might that i would be very intrigued by that fight that'd be a great showtime main event i don't know if it sells as a pay-per-view we'll wait and see if it happens a couple more minutes left again we'll get to fight picks if you're waiting for those with the odds including teofimo lopez george cambosis finally after cancellation, after cancellation, after cancellation at the time, Marquise and I are taping the podcast and releasing it. It looks like this is going to come off in New York world, lightweight title fight, uh, Lopez out of New York, Cambosis, the Australian more on that fight picks odds coming up on the Jamel Charlo Castanio front. We've been wondering why they haven't fought yet. Apparently they've been trying to work out. How did they not strip Brian Castanio of his title because he didn't make a mandatory defense within the last year here we go again with the wbo just making up rules because demetrius andrade is complaining that the wbo won't order jaime munguia to fight him as the number one contender for the middleweight title and that has been a year and a half since munguia has been the number one contender so apparently behind the scenes the wbo has been saying down a notch at 154 Hey, Brian Castanio, you can't just out of hand have the rematch with Jamel Charlo. You got to give consideration to our number one contender, Tim Zhu, from Australia. That's apparently now been worked out. And so Castanio Charlo looks like it's happening happening in February. That's what the reporting from uh, uh, Mike Coppinger, Keith Idick, a couple of boxing insiders there from ESPN and boxing scene, respectively. All right, Marquise, give your insight here on this. Very entertaining controversial draw the first fight looks like we're getting it again charlo castaño undisputed 154 pound title
1: Absolutely, TJ. No, it's one of those things where I think the WBL was trying to push their, use their muscle to get uh, Tim Zhu a big time fight, which he's been trying to get for a while now. And he is due for one, but I think this will be the clock that will finally get that, that ball rolling finally. So we will get, we get, uh, Charlo Castanho two back in February next year. I'm looking forward to that TJ, because I really think Castanio arguably won that first fight hands down. Yes. I just think he, he got a very, very gifted decision one way or another. On that Yeah. Charlo got uh, with Castanio
0: winning the last couple of rounds. And what's always a great indicator is that in the Charlo corner, they were saying to him in the 11th round and the 12th round, you got to have this. You got to knock him out. You got they knew they knew that Castanio may very well have been ahead. uh, And he was ahead going into the final couple of rounds on a couple of the cards before Charlo evened it up and it ends up being a split draw. So it looks like that fight is going to happen. Will Zoo get the winner out of Australia, unbeaten number one contender for over a year now? Could Terrence Crawford end up sliding in as that guy? Because, again, the WBO's policy is if you move up a weight class from having been the WBO longtime champion in the previous weight class, then you are to be the number one contender. How do they work that out? How do they resolve that? We'll see for a later date. Marquis, stand by. Fight picks coming up. We've got that straight ahead for Lopez Cambosis in New York. That is the DAZN fight card that is going on on Saturday night. Simultaneous across the continent in Las Vegas. A very intriguing, unified world super bantamweight title fight. That is Stephen Fulton, Brandon Figueroa. It's been delayed as well, but it's going to come off Saturday night as well. It should be very action-packed. Marquise has got analysis, fight picks, odds, all of it coming up as you uh, hang in here with us. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, and we're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon, the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds, On every major sport, we have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today, get a special offer, get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app, visit WYNN.com bet.com that's w-y-n-n bet.com to find out more right now if you're ready to play if you're ready to win they're the premier sports betting experience download bet and win with WinBet. and we're brought to you by the guys at PropSwap, america's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets PropSwap swap always has the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors just like yourself you see a bet you like, but you think the price is too high, submit a bid for a price that you think is fair, and then buy it. Use our promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't have to win to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every Every day, get started today. Go to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you in part by Better Fantasy, the new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bet hits and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're a brand new company. They're looking to grow their adopter community. It's a slick, fun app to use, and one of the reasons why we love it here at SGPN is prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free-to-play, down Download it for the iPhone or for Android. Check them out on the web, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Again, spell it B-E-T-T-O-R, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Have you heard about Prize Picks and the daily fantasy that they have made easy? You're going to love it if you just check it out. It is free to customize your sport and give you some under and overs that you like for the upcoming week as well. PrizePix has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. And Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes every game. They offer any prop you can think of Yardage, touchdowns in football, interceptions thrown, three-pointers, black shots, whatever in basketball, on and on. And any users that deposit right now on prize picks and use our promo code SGP get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, pick two to five players, pick an under over on their projection, went up to 10 times the amount of your entry. It is you against the projected number with prize picks. Again, use the award-winning app in the App Store, the Google Play Store. The entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is easy to sign up and to get in with prize picks. And again, use our promo code SGP. Get 100% instant deposit bonus match up to $100 go to the app store it's prize picks daily fantasy made easy we're also brought to you by our friends at betql daily do you feel like the last one out when it comes to sports betting you don't know where to start Understand where the market is moving and use smart bets out there and have some fun while you're doing it with our friends at BetQL. And the BetQL Daily is a must-listen show for sports bettors and fans alike. Check out these guys. They're hilarious. They mix it up. The insults are flying between the hosts and the bettors. It's interactive and the guys Ostrowski, Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth, they serve up what they call Wager Entertainment. The sports talk you love with betting insights that you need each weekday. Find out where the market's moving across the week on the biggest sporting events. If you miss out on the early games, BetQ Daily has you covered there too with recaps and some of the the best uh, recent line movements as well. Again, check them out at BetQ Daily. If you're not sure where To start with sports betting, start it with BetQ Daily. Listen weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern Time on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app, BetQL Daily. We're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Since when is sports betting supposed to be so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around at a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and and create an account and find out for yourself. Fully functioning, free web application. You can access a demo of their app that will launch next fall. That app includes consensus lines from Las Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, a QR code, or links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it's purely competitive. Next time that you're going to be out with your friends watching sports, turn it up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off the Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing the metric if they want, as long as somebody's on the other side to accept it. Let's go back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io and join the revolution. And we're brought to you by our friends at Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when you hit your bets and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand-new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's a slick app. It's fun to use. And one of the reasons we love it is it also offers prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get some prop bets going on Better Fantasy. Totally free-to-play, down Download it now for iPhone or for Android, and check them out online, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Again, spelled better, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com slash SGPN. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there, live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Bite Weekend. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves back in on a thanksgiving weekend hopefully you've got enough football got enough food got enough family got it all in we've got some fights coming saturday night as we release in the preview mode here on the big fight weekend podcast reminder just keep reading the website we keep you up to date with previews with recaps with all the latest news and we're always here on the podcast as best we can on fridays Uh, Heading to the weekend, depending on when you're hearing us, for Saturday night action. Sometimes there's Friday night action like Demetrius Andrade's win last week. He had an impressive early knockout of his – Uh, Irish opponent who turned out to be a palooka in that fight (laughs) quickly beat him up and the guy offered little resistance so Andrade's now screaming about who am I fighting next at 160 Um, and you got to give him credit so in any event you heard the laugh of Marquise Johns he's back in with me senior writer bigfightweekend.com let's get into these two world title fight cards one at the Hulu theater adjacent to Madison Square Garden Saturday night the long 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 delayed Uh, teofimo lopez george Cambosa's fight a fight that was supposed to happen in june then happened in august then happened in september and now it's all the way to november it is now in fact happening marquise real quick what are your thoughts as lopez fighting for the first time in 13 months he's not fought since he beat lomachenko last october in las vegas what are your thoughts as we see him again finally
1: Finally, TJ, we get this IBF mandatory contest between George Cambosis and Teofimo Lopez. Nine times they've rescheduled for one reason or another—will whether it be Triller involved or Dates involved or Teofimo Lopez may or may not having COVID and being involved. <laughs> Whatever the the, the excuse to the reason may be, we're finally getting this fight. And I will admit, TJ, to their defense leading up to this fight this weekend, they're trying everything they can to sell this. I mean, they got these guys uh, skirmishing at press conferences. They got Teofimo Lopez's dad doing... Tiffany Lopez's dad things. They got Tiffany <laughs> Lopez saying, you know, he's going to be a god, making him humble. Tiffany Lopez, TJ, once it's all said and done, once we close out the year of 2021, has gone on, on the last four months of the most irrelevant and goofiest interviews I have ever heard in my life. TJ, mm. what? And that's ranging saying f-
0: something, by the way, for boxing. Continue on. Yeah, yes.
1: yeah. R- r- ranging from TJ, him wanting to at one point during this whole stretch, waiting for this Kambosas fight, wanting to you know fight with both belts at one third. At one thirty-five, at one forty, where he had to be reminded that he wasn't able to do that. Yep, yeah. Bob <laughs> Airbus, that That's a it's a great video. Bob Irvin calling him a schmuck on it. TJ, it's one of the funniest things I've seen in a while <laughs> uh, between that and the ESPN interviews where he's on during these fight cards. You know, talking about everything but this fight that's happening this weekend because like either they can't obligate it because they did top ring didn't bid on it or because they don't want to act like this fight doesn't exist for some strange reason despite the fact we all know this fight exists. But back to the fight itself, TJ. I'm glad it's finally here only because I this point i think this will probably be more than likely tfm lopez tj his last fight at 135 which has been all but speculated for the last i think since this pandemic at this point he's going to move up big lightweight tj and he he looked kind of big this week so i'm really intrigued what the the, away is going to look like because he's been he's been the big 135 at least since the uh the the, uh, the fight against uh uh nakatani which has been at least 2019 so it's been a while and i think this is going to be the form at this point
0: So again, we should make mention of a couple of things. The fight was to have happened in June. They had a scheduling situation because Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul had their pay-per-view also in Miami where Lopez and Cambosis were going to fight slated for the same weekend. So Mm -hmm. Triller, who has been a disaster through this whole thing uh, in terms of trying to promote this, uh, tried to move the fight. And then when they tried to move the fight, as it turns out, Lopez tested positive for COVID-19. Was he symptomatic? Who knows? It delayed things. Then Triller couldn't work out a date and a location for both fighters. You felt bad for Cambosis, who had been over in the United States. He's Australian, had been away from his wife, had been away from his kids for the better part of three months preparing to fight. Now there's no fight. Now it's indefinite. Now he goes back to Australia. Triller, meantime, disintegrates, defaults on their down payment uh, for the fight with the IBF, ends up paying – what did, they paid Teofimo Lopez – like four or five hundred grand, and they gave Cambosis yeah. like a couple of hundred grand just on the default. So these guys have already been paid some money without fighting. Now Eddie Hearn has swooped in as the second bidder, and has made the fight for Dazone and for this battle. So let's get into it for those that are interested in wagering options and what we're thinking. Lopez is the heavy favorite. Yes, Marquise, go over it a little bit.
1: Yeah, TJ, uh, Tiffany Lopez, as expected, huge favorite, 10 to 1 on most books. I, in fact, I'm reading, talking to you now, he's minus 1,000 as we, I'm talking to you about this fight uh, going into Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that's, TJ, about what I expected more than likely going into this, only because, as I was saying for, for the last reschedules of this fight, at the end of the day, it's an IBF mandatory contest, and no one thinks that Cambosis is on either the same playing field, level, or league at this point of uh, of Lopez. That's just the way it is. Hadn't been in with world-class
0: competition. Not a huge puncher. Uh, so I don't know how much of a chance that we have here in this one. What is the under over in rounds? We're big on the overs. Although last week we were both preaching where we both not in agreement on the under, I thought Crawford late stoppage. I didn't think it would make the end of the, uh, the, uh, the 11th round. And I was right. As it turned out, yeah. although I was very surprised with how Porter fought, but we're usually big on the overs, depending on where the, Where the under over line is, where is it here for Lopez Cambosis Saturday night in New York?
1: Yeah, this one, TJ, is set for at eight and a half uh, uh, for this fight, which I thought was interesting considering that there was a great stat I saw. I think it was either from Dan Canobio or someone at the Five Books at Comedy Bucks. It may have been Lee Groves who mentioned this. In terms of uh, TV Malopez fights, TJ, his fights don't usually go the distance more often than not. And I think this is going to be like the third—this will be like, if it, is, if it does, it will be like the third fight in his career that's going the distance of 12 rounds. And the last one I can think of off the top of my head was that Nakatani fight, which— that, that night leading into that fight was the same night that Maxim Dalashev died, and a lot of other things going on. So, there's a lot of things with that fight going right. on as well. So, well, the got went,
0: fight did go the distance. Uh, yes. He won that fight, as you mentioned. He knocked out Richard Comey uh, yeah. with the booming right hand. What was that, like a second or third round? I think it was a third round. Yeah. Has previous uh, KOs along the way of Diego Maldonado, or I'm sorry, Diego Magdaleno. I uh, yeah. knocked him out in 2019 a couple of months later. He knocked out Edis Tati uh, also yes. in Madison square garden. So he's got some knockout power. Are you leaning under here on the eight and a half rounds and he gets to Cambosis and probably land some big punches. Will we see some ring
1: rust? What do you think? I, you know, TJ, uh, and this is a per- Regency bias on my end, I was all for Cambosa's in the over on this fight this week until I heard his press conferences and this conversation where Camboses mentioned TJ, he's going to shock the world this weekend against Lopez. And anytime I hear that, I immediately <laughs> run the other way and I'm willing to put your mansion on, on on the under at this point at eight and a half, only because I just have no faith in folks who say shock the world in terms of boxing cliches.
0: <laughs> Got you on that. On the DAZN undercard, is there anything that stands out against Again, they pieced this together once they took over the main event. Um, I know Ray Ford is a featherweight. Felix yeah. uh, Caraballo is the opponent. Is there anything on this undercard worthwhile Hulu Theater Saturday night before Lopez Cambosis? Uh
1: much like the Porter Crawford undercard last Saturday, TJ, n- not necessarily. The one thing on this of of note of actually note, by the way, is the co-main event I want to say features the uh, uh, the IBF uh, vacant belt that's been vacant for a minute at featherweight, I want to say Osawa is the guy that's challenging for it uh, at 130. Ogawa, originally, Kenichi
0: Ogawa, yes,
1: Ogawa. And, and the big thing about that fight, TJ, was that that was the belt that JoJo Diaz lost on the scale a while back that they're fighting okay. for, and it was originally one that they're fighting for now. And that, and I only remember this at this point because I think at the end of the day, this was the fight. The winner of this fight, TJ, uh, this Saturday, was one of the fights that at 130, if had Jamel Herring still had the belt against court. Stevenson, was going to go after. So I. I think they may do the same thing with Shakur, depending on who they feel like giving him at this point. All right, so that's
0: on the undercard in New York. Meantime, we swing out West Showtime. Very interested in Brandon Figueroa, Stephen Fulton. Again, this fight also delayed when Figueroa tested positive for COVID-19. It was originally a Mm -hmm. September fight for three of the four world title belts at 122 pounds. Super bantamweight world title. Figueroa has two of them. Fulton has the WBO belt. Should be action packed. Big volume punchers, both of these guys. What are our odds at Marquise? And what is your thought?
1: On uh, this one, TJ, uh, Fulton's is a small favorite here, roughly about a four to one. I got n- minus a uh, 360 here on the book that I have here, actually, which is actually pretty close concerning that actually that line's been jumping a lot depending on, on where the money is coming in. A lot of late money coming in on Figueroa, who is a live dog in this fight, TJ. And you wrote, wrote for this for Big Fight Week. And this is a situation where he's been in before, where he's been doubted before. He was doubted in the boss fight he was in against Lewis Neri. And he stopped him And a lot of folks, me included as well, I will admit, didn't think that was going to happen considering how much we, we saw Figueroa was defense and Neary's big punching ability at the weight that class. That was
0: earlier this year, and it was one of your favorites. It was a liver shiver. It was a big-time body shot from Figueroa that laid Neary out, and he showed some punching power.
1: Absolutely. No, that one froze Neri in his tracks, and it was one of those things where it kind of exposed Neri for pretty much being a weight blow for the last three years, which we all at this point assumed as well. And no, Figueroa was a very live dog in this, TJ. I actually like his chances a lot more in this fight than I do for Cambosas this Saturday out in New York, uh, mainly for the simple reasons that he's been here before, and he's just been able to just overcome with opposition. It's going to be a tough fight for him, but I, I, it's a real good one on Saturday night on Showtime.
0: Fulton is a Philly fighter, as Marquise knows, and for the audience, he's unbeaten. His last fight out earlier this year, he dominated uh, angelo leo in a 12 mm-hmm. round decision he's got a pretty good punch um again under over on this one 10 and a half rounds correct yes. are we leaning more over here with these guys or do we think somebody lands big punches and it's done quicker
1: you know what? Both these guys have been saying all week is that they want to end this fight early, which I love to hear, TJ. Which usually means one of two things: that this fight's probably going to distance because these guys are not going to be able to do anything. But, but I do think it'd be interesting to see if these guys can land that one punch. I haven't seen Fulton land that one punch in a while, but he did rock around Leo a lot in that last fight around, and Figueroa was just just well, was just a, just pretty much muscle his way around against Neri. I wonder if that's going to be able to uh, translate and do, if he's able to be able to do the same thing against Fulton this coming weekend. But we'll find out. But I'm definitely leaning towards the over on this. I don't think they need even when has got to get the stoppage in this one.
0: All right. Worth noting that Fulton uh, in his last four fights has gone the route three times, has only one yeah. knockout in those. So will he get the big, get the big punch off here in this one or not? Only eight KOs for him in 19 uh fights and again he was dominant in his last performance but will figueroa force his way inside and force fulton to fight a different fight we'll find out anything of note on the showtime undercard, real quick before we're out of here saturday
1: night in las vegas yes the co-main event has one guy who i think was going to be on standby for a lot of these fights as well reese alim at 122 big time prospect big time puncher tj and also a big time problem coming out of las vegas he's going to be. Belief- facing-
0: and the belief is he could be the guy to fight the winner, right, of this one. Yes?
1: Absolutely. Yes. yeah, He's going to be more likely the winner of this one, actually. I thought it was also interesting, TJ, as well, because Showtime has a lot of these guys at 122 in this, this pseudo-tournament for them. One of the alternatives they had for this tournament, TJ, was actually a pretty good uh, late replacement had something fell through for this main event. Aaron Almeida was going to be like, the guy, the, the, the fill-in name on this one, who was, fought, who was the guy that they fought on the uh, – Charlotte double pay-per-view against uh Louis Neri, who helped create a decent showing actually. And he's also another a decent one twenty-two pounder, but He's, uh, he's not on, on the action. He's a non-TV action, thank goodness. But, the, no, it's really interesting. But I think Aleem is going to be the winner more and likely as he faces Leonardo Baez and a showcase for his uh, his talents on this one as well.
0: All right, so that is the co-feature, Aleem and Baez. And, again, Showtime bouts in Las Vegas. We anticipate the Lopez-Cambosis main event, all things being equal, will probably go first. Figueroa-Fulton might come about a half hour later, both late night, Saturday night. We will be all over it. That segues, Marquise, promote the site, promote yourself throughout the weekend. Again, people have gotten plenty of food, plenty of family, plenty of football. We got plenty of boxing, and they need to be reading the site and keeping up with you on social, et cetera, for the fights coming Saturday night.
1: Absolutely, TJ. Bigfightweekend.com, your source for all things boxing news, past, present, and future. We'll keep an eye on uh, all things going on this weekend in the world of boxing uh, during the time that we're all eating uh, turkey leftovers and turkey chili and other <laughs> turkey concoctions or, of leftovers. Or in the case
0: of the Reese household, by Saturday, we're looking at the pizza like everybody else or the Chinese <laughs> food, something other, <laughs> other than the turkey and dressing. <laughs> you got to go You gotta go. complete opposite. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, well, once the, the, the Thanksgiving uh, uh, passe uh, comes and goes, we, 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 these fights will be on as well we uh, will be interesting to see what happens on uh, the undercards of the showtime card. I'm really interested to see what's happening with all of that we'll keep an eye out for big fight weekend also just to see what happens on just on this the zone card this is one of the, this is this TJ was gonna be a, a real, real strange event because matchroom bid this fight for Tifima Lopez a top ranked guy who goes back to top rank with, with their money in hand after all of this so I'm, I'm wondering how that's all gonna look out and, and after this one and done situation considering that Eddie you know the whole earn with hern thing has been with Tiffin Lopez this past few weeks <laughs> And keep uh, one
0: other thing in mind as we get out of here. Lopez fighting this weekend should win. It would be a huge upset if Cambosis beats him. You and I don't think that's going to happen. And then Devin Haney defends his version of the lightweight title. I still contend Teofimo Lopez is undisputed. The WBC shenanigans, they created another championship loophole to give another belt to somebody else. So Devin Haney has sort of a version of the WBC title. He fights Jojo Diaz next weekend on uh-huh. the fourth of uh, december uh so now we'll watch what happens in that one because lopez haney could be the next bout first quarter of next year something like march april next year maybe even a little quicker we'll see if those guys get in there so we'll uh, we'll be watching that as well marquise as always thank you i appreciate the extra work on thanksgiving weekend keep up the great work with the site we always love having you on the podcast and here we go on on both sides of the coast, both coasts, New York for Lopez Cambosis, Las Vegas Desert for Fulton Figueroa, which we think will be a more action packed competitive world title fight. A couple of world title fights. We're writing about it. We're talking about it. It's great stuff. Marquise, have a great rest of your weekend and we'll be reading you on the site, sir.
1: Absolutely. TJ. Thank you so much. And we thank you
0: for finding us. Thanks to my guys, uh, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, SGPN app, as well, where you're finding us. Finding us through the website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Subscribe to this podcast, follow us, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're here in the preview mode on Fridays, into the uh, fight weekend saturday nights and if it's big enough and it warrants it we come back in with special podcasts as well in the recap mode breaking news whatever for now we are done enjoy the rest of your thanksgiving weekend enjoy the fights we're back next week gervonta davis pay-per-view as well next week that we'll be talking about on the big fight weekend podcast i'm tj reeves from marquise johns enjoy all the action bye